Welcome to the Hearts Entwined podcast. In this podcast, we'll be having discussions around the secrets which attract lasting, healthy, fulfilling relationships, creating a healthy mindset, and what women should know and understand about men. Introducing your host, Lynn Smith, the Queen of Hearts, relationship expert, trainer, speaker, and best-selling author of The Cupid's Bow Technique. Lynn's mission is to have a positive impact in reducing divorce, domestic violence, and suicide. Welcome to the Hearts Entwined podcast. This is your host, Lynn Smith, the Queen of Hearts. And today I've got a guest that's all the way across the other side of the world from me because I'm at the moment in Spain and in Europe. And Ronnie Thompson, who is my guest today, is all the way in Australia. So welcome, Ronnie. Ah, Thank you so much, Lynn. Cheers for having me. You're so welcome. And Ronnie, you are a mindset and marriages communications expert and I've been it's been my pleasure to notice that you're very 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 skilled at at explaining how communication works in relationships and how that can actually really be the the pinnacle to enhancing and refreshing the romance in our relationships yeah yeah absolutely um communication for me is is a huge Oh, it's a huge thing. And I never actually realized the importance of it, um, you know, because we talk, right? That, you know, everyone talks in their relationships and in their marriage with their friendships, whatever it might be. Um, but it wasn't until a couple of years ago I, I sort of I was basically done with talking pretty much. Um, I was talking and talking and talking to my husband. I was sharing the feelings. I was doing all of the know the wifely things and it just wasn't working (laughs) it just was not working I hit a point where I was just so done talking and we were sort of at I guess the end of our tether uh, or I was especially he didn't really realize at the time that there was any issue Um, and so you know we it kind of come down to the crunch really where it was like, you know, we either do the marriage counselling thing or this is just not going to work. And it was during those counselling sessions that it became very apparent to me in the early days that there was just so, so, so much more to communication in the relationship than just talking. And so, yeah, just after that, it just completely changed the game for us. We, you know, we did the work, we put in the effort, and yeah, two years on, we're oh, happier than ever. We're back to the, the in love phase, and it's just absolutely amazing, you know. So communication has really been a huge part of hubby's and my relationship, and that's where the you know I guess the passion extended on then to helping people. Um, and I've always loved helping people, but being really specific, you know, in in relationships and just offering a new way to get across their point and get what we want and what we need out of a relationship um, in other ways just than just talking, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and I think, um, you know, for me that that has been also, you know, a massive learning curve, not only in what is effective communication but understanding that there is an obvious difference in the way men understand and communicate and women understand and communicate. Has that been your experience as well, Ronnie? Oh, absolutely, Lynn. Absolutely. It's, um, I'll never forget this line. 
<laughs> oh my god i'll never forget this one line that our counselor said in our first group session together so our first session where it was both hubby and i in the room and he actually uh, it was just ragingly obvious after he said it, but it was something that I'd never heard before and it stuck with me and he said to me, well, yes, it's, he said to both of us, men need sex to feel loved and women need to feel loved in order to want to have sex. And it just occurred to me then like, wow, okay, this is like a big turning point. So, you know, basically how it started was hubby just noticed that the sex was toning down and it had basically stopped. And for me, you know, he didn't seem like he was listening to us. And in those first early days of, of you know, counselling and putting in the work and everything, the counsellor actually explained um, a, a lot of the differences between the way that men and women, you know, communicate. And it comes down to how, how we're loved, you know, how much love we have in the tank pretty much. And so... You know, for me, when hubby wasn't listening, that was depleting, you know, that was taking love out of my tank. And when I wasn't, you know, being intimate with him, um, then it was it was taking love out of his tank pretty much, you know. So we both had this inner feeling, I suppose, like we weren't being loved, you know, like we, we weren't being loved by our other half and or by each other. But it was not spoken about, you know. We didn't have that serious heart-to-heart and really step into that what would have been an uncomfortable situation or an uncomfortable conversation about why it is that we weren't feeling loved. And along the journey um, and, and, you know, doing a lot of the work and, and figuring out the different ways of communicating, it's, it's oh, goodness, it's been such a learning curve because men tend to sort of... Um, I guess you'd say revert or, or, you know, kind of step back and kind of go into a silence, I suppose. You know, they they go into their proverbial cave, I suppose you'd say. Yes. And, and they, you know, and they don't come out of it. So I don't know if you've had this experience, yes. Lynn, but they just, oh, goodness me. Their way of communicating is not actually communicating. <laughs> that is their way of communicating, isn't it? And problem solving is to, like you say, they're very autocratic and they withdraw. And if they've yep. got an issue, a challenge or a problem, they like yes. to think they can solve it for themselves. And the way they do that, yep. is, like you say, is to stop Absolutely. communicating and, and go to their cave or, or their yeah. quiet place. And um, then we think, oh, you know, start panicking as women that there's a problem or issue. And it might not even be around us. It just means, you know, it just might be around something they've got at work going on maybe. But we yes. then try and probably, um, you know, want to get closer at a time where they, they definitely don't want it. And it's not Absolutely. about not wanting you. It's about, you know, they've got other things on their mind they need to resolve first. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, they, they seem to think that they can just figure things out on their own. And sometimes that very well is the case. You know, they do need to, like you said, withdraw and, and have that time to really mull things over in their mind and think about things quite in-depthly. They need to get the little flow chart, you know, out, mapped out in their head of, you know, if we have this conversation and this is what she says, then what's the next answer going to be? And, you know, they really kind of mull these things over in their mind. And, and during that process, we think that they're going quiet. We're with us. Um, you know, so we think we've done something wrong. 
you know, we'll push them too hard. And and in some cases we actually can do that. We actually yes. can make it worse by yes. by pushing them for an answer, you know, and, and nagging at them about, you know, why won't you answer me? Have you thought about this? You know, I really need an answer and why aren't you talking to me? And so when we push, 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 push to, you know, to our husbands, uh, you know, to get feedback and to understand what's going on in his mind and in their heads, we can actually make the whole thing a whole lot worse, it turns out, you know, and I used to be like that because I didn't understand that he needed to withdraw. I didn't know that he needed that time because he never told me. You know, they go silent and they don't actually tell us. And so, you know, a big um, a big piece of advice that I give to my male clients is, you know, guys, if you need to withdraw, if you need that time by yourself to just be silent, just tell your wife, you know, just tell your partner that you just need some time to think about it, you know, and you will get back to her and it's okay. I still love you. I just need some time you know, to sort this out in my head so that she knows you're definitely going to come back. You're definitely going to talk about it again, you know, but she knows that you're holding space for her, you know, and she knows that she's still loved. And so that definitely helps out my ladies as well, because then they, you know, they can expect that they are still loved and they do just need to give him time. And so, you know, during that time while we're letting them have their space then we can go off and, you know, chat to our girlfriends if that's what we need to do because often, often that is what we sort of tend to do, you know. If, we, if we've got a problem, we really verbalise it and we really get it out there and, and chat about it and it's often during that chat that we're verbalising everything and not just letting it stew up in our minds that we come up with the answer, you know. <laughs> we find... We finally find the answer to, you know, what what was the problem. And, you know, we vent and we get it out with our girlfriends and that's just the way that women tend to communicate, you know, and sort out issues is by talking. So very, very different ways of of communication between men and women. And when we when we aren't giving our other halves um, or, or understanding where they're at, then that's when you know, big problems can start to arise then because we're just not, you know, allowing space for the needs and the wants in that relationship. Oh, certainly. And it's judging, I suppose, you know, what's appropriate at any one moment. If you if you can see that he does need that space, um, you know, it's so helpful for him to know that you understand he, he needs that space and it's not about, you know, whether he loves you anymore or, or whether he doesn't, you know, it, it, it nine times out of ten, it will be just because he needs to work it out in his way as a man, the way men do. And like you say, a, yeah. a good alternative to that is when he's doing that, when he is withdrawing, is to not panic, but to go and chat to, to your girlfriends because that's what women do. Women, that, Men don't do that, <laughs> you know. Women, this is what no. women do. If we need to unload and, and, and figure out our problems, it's quite common and natural for women to share and speak to their girlfriends. And just by talking you know, that that they start to feel better. You know, they don't need fixing, which is quite often what men perceive when we start talking and wanting them to listen. They think, oh, we want this problem solving. We don't necessarily, we just want to be heard because it makes us feel better to be heard. Oh, absolutely, yeah. And and that is the thing with men too is, you know, God bless their cotton socks, they just want to fix everything. And it's so, so beautiful (laughs) 
<laughs> you know, when when it comes to the door, you know, that needs fixing because it might have been slammed one too many times or, you know, putting the cat door on properly so that the cat can get in and out, in and out of, outside, you know, whatever it is, I swear. I swear when we want them to actually fix something, they don't want a bar of it. <laughs> but when we just want to vent, when we want to vent, that is the time when they feel like they need to fix something. And and when they can't fix it, and a lot of the times, you know, if it's an emotional stress that we've got going on or we do just want to talk out a problem, verbalise it, you know, get it out there, they, you know, they can't help us. Sometimes it's just... We just need to verbalise it, you know, so not actually wanting them to fix it. They actually can't fix it. But when we don't let them know that, they feel like a failure. You know, men mm. tend to take on, they tend to take on this, um, I guess, a, a, not challenge, but, you know, stress of their own because they can't fix it for you. They see you're in pain. They see you're overwhelmed, frustrated, upset, whatever it is, and they just want to fix it. And if they can't, then that's when you know, they can sort of tend to go silent, go into their cave, withdraw, um, or there's the opposite side of the scale as well where they can get a bit defensive, you know, and mm. they can get a bit like, well, what do you want me to do, you know, yes. and, they, and then the, the tone starts coming out and then it can, it can really quickly escalate into an argument, you know, or into a heated discussion and, it all just starts really stems from a misunderstanding about communication, you know, and the way that we, we deal with problems differently as men and women. Yeah, most certainly. I've, I've been, you know, in those situations so many times and now I know, you know, that he needs that space to figure out and withdraw when, when, when he's got a, an issue that he needs to figure out. And it, it, nine times out of 10, it isn't anything to do with me. It's usually mm. you know, other stuff going on. Uh, and Absolutely. now as well, he knows, you know, that sometimes, you know, I, the girl's friends aren't on hand to have a chat to. All he has to do is <laughs> listen and I'll start to feel better. You know, he doesn't have to try and oh, yes. fix anything. He just needs yes. to just be present and just listen. And uh, he's, he's starting to learn that more and more now, which is great, you know, because eventually, mm -hmm. you know, I'll, I'll finish what I've got to say. And he can see straight away I'm starting to, to feel and sound a lot better and he didn't have to try yeah. and fix anything. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, yes, 100% agree with that. And I'm so, so grateful that we did you know, looking back, we did really kind of, you know, get get specific about, you know, what we wanted and what we wanted in our goals in the future for our relationship. And, and a big thing for that for me was communication. And I'm just so grateful for my own husband because he did, he was on board with that. And he realized as well, the differences in the way that we communicate. And so, you know, he, he's made a very conscious effort since then in the last two years that if I'm worked up about something, if I'm frustrated, if I just want to have, even if it comes down to a serious conversation, you know, everything gets put away. You know, he stops what he's doing. Um, you know, the phone goes down. Um, preferably, you know, the kids aren't around us, so it's after we've gone to bed, whatever it is. And there's that active listening, you know, and this is this is where I sort of, you know, have to explain a bit of a difference with my couples because sometimes they just don't understand the difference between listening and then active listening, you know, mm. and actually being involved in the conversation. 
because um, I know I know for my husband, <laughs> he'd appear like he wasn't listening to me, and now I'd get frustrated, and then I'd look at him and go, "Are you listening to me?" Yes, and he'd still look at me like, <laughs> you know, "Oh goodness, <clears throat> excuse me." And so then. It, he, 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 and the thing is, he could repeat back to me word for word what I'd said. He, he knew exactly what I was talking about, but he wasn't actually taking it in. You know, he wasn't actually taking it in to a point where I felt like I was being heard, you know, because mentally, you know, he, he wasn't really actively listening to me. And so, you know, a lot of the times now he'll, he'll put everything down, he'll put it away. And you'll sit there and be absolutely present with me. And even if it's only 10 minutes, you know, or 15 minutes a day, it's just made an absolute huge difference in, in the way I feel loved. And so, you know, if I feel loved, if the love tank's full, then, you know, obviously he, I'm going to want to love him a lot more as well. So it just, it starts off with, with communication, being a lot more effective, taking into account what your partner needs and wants out of the relationship. And then it has a flow on effect as well, you know, and ultimately it just, it, it really just does start with ourselves as an individual and making sure that we are making that conscious effort for our partners, whatever that may be you know, may be as far as whatever their love language is, you know, and, and really working within within those guidelines. Yeah, I love what you said there about mentioning about, you know, how guys can show up and be present. And I do know, you know, because they're quite solitary creatures who like to focus on one task at a time, you know, it's generally, <laughs> yes. you know, accepted, I think, that women are, are, more, are better at multitasking and men are more solitary focused on one task at a time. And I think, you know, um, that is accepted as a, as, a, as a big difference between men and women. And so I also yeah. wanted to let women know that, you know what, sometimes if he is focused on whatever task, he may not be available to listen to you right in that moment. So a good way to approach if you do want his pr full presence and to be fully heard is to say, you know, uh, would you, when you've got a minute, um, spend some time with me? I'd like, like us to talk. And, you know, it gives him time then to finish off whatever task he's focused on currently rather than get irritated or, or probably not be present enough for you to actively listen yeah. in that time. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. I couldn't agree more. And, and a lot of the times, yeah, that does still happen, you know, and I know too, because we've sort of been through it and we understand the differences, um, you know, a lot of the time once, once you hit a point and you do understand the differences between the communication of men and women, it makes it a lot easier to gauge those times on when to have a serious conversation as well, you know. So I personally, if, if hubby's really sort of focused and honed in on what he's doing, I'll purposely not say anything really you know I'll just mm. like talk about what he's actually working on you know and show interest in what he's doing and so then it you know loosens him up he feels comfortable he might be teaching me how to change the brake pads on the, on the car or whatever he's doing you know showing interest in what he's up to um, and that that in itself is a big way to connect as well you know so even though we want to mull stuff you know, we want to verbalize and get stuff out in the open and we want to talk about it 
sometimes that the timing is just a little bit off. So, you know, definitely making a date with him, you know, if it's a serious conversation, making a date and scheduling it in, you know, like, hey, babe, you know, when we put the kids to bed tonight, can we grab a cuppa and just sit down and chat? You know, it's been a while since we've just had a really good chat and would that be okay? Or, you know, have you got anything on this weekend? I thought about, you know, maybe dropping the kids with some friends and we go out to lunch and just chat, you know. So making making a conscious effort to schedule that time together is a big one as well, you know, not just for conversations but just to be in each other's presence and not have anything else around you you know, as a pressing matter sort of thing. Um, I, I do find that that has been a big help as well. And so, you know, even if they're not physically available at the time to, to talk to you and to listen, to actively listen, there is definitely ways around, you know, you being heard, you being able to get everything out that you want to get out um, and also showing some interest in what he's doing as well, you know, understanding where he's at makes a huge difference. Yeah, I like what you said earlier about mentioning love languages because I I know that that's quite a key part of what you teach and um, what what you explain. So, would you be happy to share a little bit about love languages and that, that how that plays out within the dynamics of um, men and women? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I am a huge, huge fan of love languages and it's, <laughs> it's so funny. At the time of our counselling, we'd been married for seven years at that point and not once had anyone said anywhere, you know, not even, <laughs> not even, not even our marriage celebrants had anything about love languages. It just, I don't know, even just two years ago for me, it, it didn't seem to be a mainstream thing. And so now I'm seeing it a lot more, but I'm not sure if it's because I'm in the industry of marriage coaching or if it is becoming a lot more apparent, but we'd never heard of it um, two years ago. We, we'd not heard of this love language thing. And Dr. Gary Chapman, bless his sweet soul for developing the love languages. <laughs> it literally was an absolute game changer for us. Um, I a lot of a lot of where our frustration started, I suppose, was because you know I mean, the main the main issues there, you know, pre when everything really came to the crunch for Hubby and I was I was I was pregnant at the time, and you know we've got a fair bit of acreage here you know a bit of land we had lots of bindies and prickles in our lawn and I just you know I wanted them sprayed our little girl was getting prickles in her foot and it was just frustrating me and I you know I wasn't going to go and play with poison because I was pregnant and I kept asking him you know babe can you please spray the prickles you know can you please spray the bindies like anyway and and it just it never happened it never happened I thought he wasn't listening to me and when it came down to the crunch you know that well that actually caused a lot of arguments and and a lot of unresolved um, issues there and we discovered <laughs> during our counseling these love languages and when we did the quiz um, I was an absolute raging acts of service it was my primary love languages and it scored well well above any of the others and so it just made so much sense to us then and especially to my husband that it was so important for me you know for him to spray the prickles it wasn't it wasn't just the bindies. It wasn't just the prickles in, in our daughter's feet. 
this was so, so much more than that. You know, it was a way for him to show me that he loved me. And, you know, it, <laughs> it seems so obvious now in hindsight, but at the time we didn't know that. And so what, what started as, you know, just I, me thinking he wasn't listening to me, it actually also too had a big flow-on effect because his, his primary love language was quality time. So what was actually happening is before we knew about these love languages and before we knew what category we fell into as individuals is, you know, I was asking him to do stuff to help me out and he wasn't, but he wanted to spend all this time with me, you know, so he would, he would get frustrated with me when I just, you know, I, I, didn't, I couldn't sit down on the couch with him and watch a movie because I was too busy doing the housework, you know, I had the... the washing to fold and I had the dishes to do and I had lunches to make for the next day because I was working full time as well. I was pregnant, you know, I was doing the kindy run. And so, you know, he couldn't, he couldn't understand. He'd get frustrated with me because I would, it appeared to him like I didn't want to spend time with him. But to me, it appeared to me that he didn't want to help me, you know? And so it became this sort of vicious cycle really where we both weren't getting what we needed out of the relationship and ultimately what we wanted. So the other one was also suffering. You know, it wasn't just us thinking we were hard done by. The other, the other party was also really upset about it because, you know, if he wasn't helping me, the last thing I'd want to do is spend time with him. You know, he, he'd annoyed me. <laughs> just looking at him annoyed me sometimes because I'm like, you know, <laughs> he just, oh, and, and even worse when you're pregnant, like the hormones are raging. You know, sometimes you just don't even want to look at them because just them breathing annoys you. And so... We kind of, we kind of hit this hit this point where I was just like, I didn't want to spend time with him, you know. I just wanted to get stuff done so then I could sit down and relax my weary, swollen feet. And it was the same with him. He he was feeling very unloved because I, you know, I wasn't sitting down and I wasn't spending that quality time with him. And it, to him, it was just I was constantly doing stuff. You know, why is she constantly doing all of these things? Just sit down and relax. And so, you know, it was literally, literally one week of us being conscious um, and, and taking conscious action and steps and working within our love language, um, it just made a, a huge, huge difference because before I was doing all the things for him, expecting him to notice, you know, so I was, I was still, I was mowing the lawn, you know, because he didn't have a chance around work. And he wouldn't say anything, you know, there would be no recognition for it. And because I was working in my own love language, but I wasn't working in his. No. And that's where the big turning point was for us. You know, he was wanting to spend time with me. He was, you know, he, he even went as far one time as, um, you know, organising a babysitter to, to take our little girl. And I was, you know, I was frustrated, weirdly enough, because, you know, I was already cranky at him <laughs> because mm. he hadn't sprayed the bindies. <laughs> He hadn't sprayed the prickles yet, you know, and, and he wanted, in hindsight, I think, oh, that's so silly, Ronnie, what, you know, what were you thinking? But at the time, I remember being really frustrated going, you know, we're going out for all of these hours and, and you know, when we could be at home getting this stuff done, you know, so we were working in our own love languages, expecting the other person to be happy about it. And it just, it just wasn't working that way. And so literally within a week of us knowing the difference between our love languages and actually working 
in our partner's language, then it just it completely changed the game. So we we made a deal, you know, we we made a schedule, and it sounds very, you know, to some people it might sound a little bit uptight, like oh, really scheduling things in, you know, can't you just go with the flow? But for us, it worked at the time to be able to develop a habit. So, you know, for me, he would start helping me fold the clothes. You know, he would do the dishes and I would dry them. Um, you know, one would clean up after dinner while the other one bathed our little girl, you know. So it wasn't just all of these household duties only on me. And so he would he became a lot more active around the house with with the household duties. Um, and that, that even come down to, yeah, putting putting the washing on, hanging it out on the line, helping me fold it because he, he discovered that I had a standard for the house, you know, and I wasn't going to chance going to get a chance to clean it the next day. I hadn't had a chance that morning. And so I, I had this space of time after putting our toddler to bed that, you know, I wanted the house in a, in a certain, I guess, specification, you know, and I mm, wanted the washing yes. done and I wanted the dishes to clean on the sink and, you know, all of that. So he, he figured out and we scheduled in, okay, let's, get these jobs done together, you know, he helped me and he put in that really conscious effort to make sure that it was at a standard that I was happy with and I literally got it done in in a third of the time that I would have while doing it by myself. So what then happened was because we got all of these jobs done and I was now officially happy and he showed me love by helping me with those acts that I would normally be doing on my own in turn, we both ha- I had more time to then spend with him, so it was it worked in really well as a schedule thing. But it was an it was an absolute game changer because I actually wanted to spend time with him. Then, you know, that's, that's where it really really changed for us because you know he just showed me love by doing the folding. You know, like <laughs> the, I couldn't see my couch before. <laughs> Absolutely. It was a huge win-win. And so, you know, I could see my couch again and all the clothes that cluttered it before are now folded and being put away. And I didn't even have to ask him to do it. You know, we literally had one conversation about him helping me more around the house and he just did it. And in turn, I wanted to spend that time with him. So, you know, we would go to bed early and we'd watch that movie or we'd play a game of cards together you know, we'd sit down and have that cuppa and, 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 you know, a really connected, deep and meaningful conversation. And so that for him was filling up his love cup. I, I would like to just go on that point where you did have that conversation around, um, you know, needing him to help out because I think this is another important point that women take for granted is that, you know, with, with within womankind, so to speak, we don't mm. um, need you know, to ask somebody to help us. Women just naturally help each other out, whereas it's different for men. That's right. You know, they are are perceived amongst themselves to be perfectly competent and and doing everything they need to do, uh, you know, and they don't ask for help unless they specifically want it. So quite often they're totally oblivious if unless you ask them for help that you actually need it. They just think that you're perfectly fine doing everything. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Believe it or not, you know, that's another that's another difference between the sexes because you know men, men amongst themselves, you know, um, don't do that with each other. 
No, they don't exactly, and and that is right. You know, if they want if they want help or they need help, then they begrudgingly ask for it. <laughs> but we as women, we as women just, you know, we, we get on with it, you know. And a lot of the times too, I do feel like as women we're a little bit more pedantic than men usually are. So a lot of the times, um, you know, I've actually compared, <laughs> I love my husband to bits, but I have compared him to my toddler sometimes, you know, because she wants to help me don't cause such a big mess. You know, so when we compare that with our husbands doing the dishes, you know, where they use too much water or they use too much dish soap and then it takes too long to dry and then there's a residue on them and, you know, whatever it is, sometimes, you know, in the household we can get really pedantic about the way things, like I used to, I used to get really uptight about the way that my shirts were hung on the line. I don't know why. I think it was a hormonal thing. But if there's something that, it hits us a little bit in the OCD section, yes. <laughs> like the way that the pegs went on my shoulders on the, sh- you know, on a shirt and then it would pucker because it's dried that way underneath the peg, you know, little things like that. So sometimes we, we sort of get a little bit impatient with them and just go, you know what, don't worry about it. I'll do it myself. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. And that's like music, music to their ears because they're like, sweet, we're getting out of this work, you know. But meanwhile, we're stewing on the inside as well because it's like, why can't they just do it properly? You know, why can't they just do it this way? <laughs> we think we think that there's, you know, everyone should do it our way because it makes sense. But it's not always the case, you know, to them, the clothes are still hung on the line and they're still going to dry. Whereas, you know, we look at it and go, you can hang, you know, three towels with four, with four pegs. It doesn't have to be six, six pegs, you know, like we, <laughs> we've got this all worked out in our minds and, and a specific way that we like the bench, you know, organized or whatever it is. And so sometimes we, you know, we, we don't ask them for that help until we're already stewing and we're already bursting at the seams because they're not helping us, um, you know, because we've got this specific way of doing things. So it can be a little bit hard, but I always challenge my ladies to let go of the process in a way, you know, because ideally what you want is the outcome, you know. So if you're still going to get there and you're still going to get the desired outcome, like hubby hanging the clothes on the line, it's sometimes hard, but let go of the process, you know, and how long he's taking to do it mm-hmm. and just step back into gratitude that he is actually doing it, you know. So that was a, that was a big thing for me definitely <laughs> in that yeah. situation. Yeah, because otherwise he's not going to, if he's going to feel as though he's not appreciated. That's right. And he's just going to be, he's just going to be criticised because he's doing it differently to you. Absolutely. You know, not, not, not to your standard. Yeah. And he's not going to be motivated or inspired to help in the future, is he? That's right. Exactly. You know, and just recognition as well, recognition and acknowledgement because <laughs> I remember sometimes this was pre-counselling and, you know, when, when everything would quickly escalate. I remember getting home from work one day and this happened a couple of times. <laughs> It's happened a couple of times. I get home from work. I had my toddler. You know, we she'd been at kindy all day. I'd been at work all day, but he was on an RDO. And I get home, and things didn't look all that much different in the house. But you know, he'd been off all day. <laughs> and I walk in the door, and he would say something like, "You know, I did dishes today," <laughs> or "You know, I vacuumed the floor today, babe." And I just sort of look at him <laughs> and think wow, do you want a Mickey Mouse badge? You know, like, 
Really? But they do, don't they? And they you know, do. He's a man, he wants that praise and recognition Absolutely. and appreciation. Oh my God, yes. And I just remember thinking in my head, oh, I'm so, I'm just like, really? You know, how many things do I do in a day? And I don't get recognized for it and I don't get a thank you. So why am I supposed to thank you? And I remember thinking these things. And in hindsight, I just think, oh, Ronnie, like you should have just, you know, recognized those things. And what it, what it come down to is in our counseling as well is, you know, the, the counselor at the time was so lucky to get a good one first because some people go through three and four and they still don't click with with their person. And so we were really lucky, but he pointed out, to both of us that he pointed out to my husband and said, you know, like Ronnie does these things every day, you know, on a daily basis, do you thank her for them? And, and it really, really did sort of make him realise like, oh, actually, you know what? No, like because it's just a standard thing that we do, right? We, we as women and mums, we just get on with it and we just get things done. And, and so it becomes very quickly an expectation that it's just going to happen. And so, you know, we love the recognition just as much as what they do, you know, for our 20 things compared to their one thing that they don't usually do. And it was the opposite, you know, same thing for me, but just on an opposite side of the coin where he sort of said to me, you know, do you recognise these things? I'm like, well, I I do see them. You know, I, I get home and I see that he's vacuumed the floor, you know, but I just sort of think like, well, yeah, he lives here too. He should be vacuuming the floor if I'm at work all day, you know. Like if it if it needs vacuuming, just vacuum it. Because we as, you know, mums and wives and, and, and women in general, we just get it done. If something needs to be done, we just do it. Whereas for them, if it's not something that they generally do, they are actually putting in a big effort. So actually acknowledging that and, and thanking them for it as much as it might hurt us to start off with, um, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's huge, you know, it's huge to them. Absolutely. So, it is. You know, they, they want to make us happy yeah. and actually they want to win. They want to be your hero. So if you can make him feel like he is winning with you and making absolutely. you happy and, and that that's the thing, isn't it? Yes, with men? absolutely. For sure. And, and it was so, Oh, it's so humbling now where our now three-and-a-half-year-old, so she was 18 months at the time, we sit down at, at night now at the dinner table and she will, you know, she's taken notice of who cooked dinner and she'll actually look at either of us, whoever cooked, and say, you know, thank you, Mummy, for cooking dinner, you know, or thank you, Daddy, for cooking dinner because we started doing that with each other. You know, we started recognising a simple thing like cooking dinner where it was going to happen. It didn't matter who did it. It was going to happen. We thanked the other person for doing it and we took that small amount of time out of our day to acknowledge the effort of, of the other person. And so she has now even just picked up on that, us doing it with each other. And it is just so beautiful for her to go and have a sleepover with, you know, whether it be friends or Nana and Poppy, you know, and they'll actually say, oh, my God, everyone's so beautiful. She thanked us for cooking dinner. It's like, and, and <laughs> Chris and I, we just look at each other and just think, oh, wow. Like, you know, so it, it's not just about the recognition and the acknowledgement in between, between us as a husband and wife and as partners. 
but it has a flow-on effect of gratitude that other people pick up on. And kids are like like sponges, you know, they pick up on these things. And it's just, it's really beautiful to see just changing one simple thing between us and in our marriage and being grateful for the other for the other party. Um, it's had that flow-on effect with our kids as well. And so it, there's, it's just a win-win situation when you can really step back and take that little bit of time and effort to acknowledge and recognise the efforts of your partner, no matter how big or small they are. Most certainly. I couldn't agree more. So with that, Ronnie, um, we're coming to the close of the episode. So what I'd really love is for you to share what is your main contact for any listeners tuning in that would love to connect with you? Yeah, so um, you can find me on my personal page, which is just Ronnie Thompson, and it's Thompson without a P, T-H-O-M-S-O-N. But I do have a private Facebook group where I put all of my really sort of valuable, really quite valuable content, hints, tips, suggestions, all of that sort of thing. It's in a private Facebook group called Mindsets and Marriages dash with Ronnie Thompson. So if you find that one, um, by all means, you know, ask to join, um, send yourself an invite. If you've got anyone who, who needs, you know, some hints and tips and suggestions, feel free to invite them along as well. There's a few access questions just so I can help determine, you know, what, what my audience and what my members need help with so I can, you know, cater the content to them. Um, but that's probably the best way to, to get in contact and, you know, join the group, have a look around. I've got some free trainings in there all around communication, argument and, re- you know, resol- resolving the arguments, I suppose. Um, that's probably the best way. Or well, you're more than welcome to connect on my personal page as well, but all the gold is in that private Facebook group. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for sharing that and I'll make sure all your contact information plus your personal bios in the show notes as per usual. Fabulous. On that note, so... <laughs> I just want to finally thank you very much again for sharing your insights and wisdom. It was really fascinating and very interesting conversation. And I'm sure, you know, there's, there's, there's little nuggets of gold in there for the audience to take away with them today. So thank you very much again, Ronnie. Oh, thank you so much, Lynn, for having me. And I, I do really hope that, yeah, um, whoever's listening got some value out of that and, and feel free to reach out. Well, great stuff. So just to close off the episode, as always, true love starts with opening our hearts. So until next time, goodbye for now. Thanks for listening to the Hearts Entwined podcast. You can follow Lynn via the Facebook group Two Hearts Entwined or search Lynn Smith, inspirational speaker at LinkedIn or email lynn at hearts-entwined.com. That's L-Y-N at hearts-entwined.com. Remember, true love starts with opening our hearts.